Good morning, listeners. <laughs> this is the Creative Brother, and I want to welcome you to episode number 25, in which I recap the first 24 episodes of the Creative Brother podcast series. Thank you for showing up. <laughs> Thank you for listening. <laughs> Let's get this thing started. It's just after July 4th, 2021 weekend, um, early in the morning as usual. I'm I promised you I would do this at episode, after episode 20, but, you know, time moves forward, and uh, I did a couple more, <laughs> a couple more. <laughs> so let's recap the first 24, and I'm going to try to keep it short, but it's going to be tough. You're probably going to have to listen to this thing over two, two car rides or whatever, right? And uh, But let's have some fun, because I've had fun doing these, um, and I've had... Anyway, let's get started. <laughs> Let's start with episode number one, because at the end of the day, this is chronological. And <clears throat> episode number one was just me getting started, right, to talk about who is the creative brother and what is this think and do tank concept that I've got, you know, that I've, you know, started up. I had no idea of how a creative brother would affect me, but I had a plan for it, which is to get the get the noise and the poison out of my head and into the public domain and fix stuff. Let's fix stuff. Put your brain on stuff. I had to, this, <clears throat> this is a reveal. Creative brother for me, Eric, as a person, was a reveal. R-E-V-E-A-L, reveal. I was, I, I revealed myself to the public domain and to people who think they know me so to speak. And I can tell you now, listeners and people who thought they knew me better than they did, is that that's a fact for all of us. No one knows you the way they think they do. They just don't. Why? Because you're, you're not revealing all of yourself to people. I don't think any one person knows any one person. <laughs> and that includes your kids or your parents, your you know relatives, and those that you work with every day, you don't know that person. They have revealed who they are to you. Do you know them through and through? No, you don't. No, you don't. Get comfortable in that, because that leaves a lot of a lot more upside between you and individuals that you think you know. You don't know them the way you think you do. And neither do they you, right? So you have a lot more to reveal to the world than you're giving yourself credit for. Okay, creative brother. When I re when I reveal myself to the world, who the who I am, what I am. Well, you know, it's been an interesting situation with people. Mainly, the one thing that is interesting to me is revealing my extremely high IQ to people. You just keep that kind of stuff to yourself, right? You don't go around telling everybody you have a 1% men's and IQ range. I ain't telling you what it is. You have to understand what that is, okay? When did I learn that? A long time ago. But as time goes on, people define, they put definitions on stuff that were unclear previously. You know, all of a sudden, somebody's tagged stuff, right? So that's the, been the biggest thing. And people are quiet about it. They just look at you funny. <laughs> they just look at you funny. Like, hey, no, you know, no way. But, you know, that's a reveal. My life has been full of stuff that sh that shows it. You know, and I'm, not a, I'm not a dropper, you know, dropping stuff on you. I'm this and that and the other. I don't do, I just, I'm not comfortable with that. But if you know me, Better than most. I've done some stuff that proves uh, to me. I don't, I'm not a, an approval seeker, so I don't care what others think. I really don't. I don't. I've proven to myself that I am the person that it seems that I am, you know. So I made this reveal and I did it on purpose. Now I have to now I have to show the world with new stuff, new things, think tank and think and do stuff. Get some stuff done. Show some people. Show everyone. You don't think the way they think. You just don't. And, you know, I have high communication skills. When you 
are born with a fluency issue that you have to fix yourself because it's in your head. It's stutterer. It's in your head. You are not physically limited. It's in your head and you have to fix it. You can get help, but you have to fix it. But I have found that when you're born with a fluency issue, communications, that's a huge part of, of a human of a human interactions, communications. I have found when once a person fixes that and you you run across that person, you're in trouble. <laughs> you're in trouble <laughs> because the connection between your brain and your your device, your mouth, where everything in your brain comes out, you have a connection most people don't have. I'm going to be honest with you, listeners. If you know a stutterer, a stammerer, or a, a hitcher, you you have a you have a walk-in computer in your presence. You need to learn how to use that. That person has a lot in there, and you know if they haven't figured out how to do it, and you see it, you help them. That's a walk-in computer. Let's walk through my episodes. I'm getting ahead of myself. <laughs> I'm having so much fun, <laughs> and I want to share this with you. But Creative Brother has been for me uh, a boon. B o o n. A boon. And right now, honestly, I don't have a ton of listeners. I have listeners. I don't have a ton. You know, I have enough. And that's and that's it. I have enough. It's going to grow. At some point, it's going to that that seed's going to, you know, going to blossom and that that, you know, it's all it's going to come out the ground and the this it'll get to the sun. The sun will see it. <laughs> so it just takes a little time for these things to you know, work their way through the system and for that seed to, you know, to, 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 to blossom and then that first little bit of life and then we'll be off and running. And there it is. So episode number one, I just introduced myself. And now those that have paid attention um, have, you know, are getting to know me better and I'm solving these problems. And let me tell you, I'm going to be doing this the rest of my life. I'm 59 now. I hope to have a very long life. I've had a, I've had a long life already. I hope to add to it. So I'm going to be doing this stuff forever for me in my forever. And I'm looking forward to it. You know, it helps me in the morning. Get up. Okay. Here we go. Episode number two. The summary is we don't need no stinking special legislation to cover what's already in the Constitution. <laughs> that's my that's my thing. We don't need no stinking legislation, new legislation uh, to, to do what we need to be doing. You know, that's how I see it. I mean, I'm just and it's easy for me to come back after I've already done this stuff and give you better overviews, <laughs> basically better stuff, you know, better, a better overview, because at the end of the day, um, we already have we already have the Constitution. And the biggest problem out of all that I, uh, you know, citizens have guaranteed rights out of the three entities, the state, the people and the federal government. Only one entity has guaranteed, you know, equal protection of the law's rights. And that's based on the 14th Amendment. OK, and that's the citizens. The biggest problem is enforcement. The government's role, the federal government's role, constitutional role is to interfere and enforce those rights when the states do not. Listeners, you know that is not happening. It has never happened. So how do you fix it? Well, you know, keep listening. Here's the biggest problem uh, that I came up with. This episode number two was my first think tank analysis. Failure of the USA and states to guarantee all citizens 14th Amendment guaranteed rights. Three months. Three months. Okay. The Supreme Court is a joke and irrelevant. <clears throat> they, they're not helping. <clears throat> the biggest problem I found that needs fixing is the 18,000 police departments in America with 18,000 different sets of rules and regulations. We need to put all 18,000 police departments in this country under one set of uniform rules and regulations and all that stuff. One set, you know, humans have never responded in the proper way to problem solving. 
It's either an underreaction or an overreaction, right? Humanity is guilty of that. And Americans are humans, right? So here we go. Um, episode number three. The serious, you know, analysis, right? Number three um, is basically dealing with reparations. You know, that was a six-month dive. Six months. Redressing reparations for Japanese-American citizens. You know, that process of what they went through using Mr. John Tatishi's book and all of the efforts I went, you know, the, my research efforts. I analyzed that on what the Japanese did to get to receive reparations and what black people, American black uh, uh, folks can do. It was a six-month dive Changed my life. Changed it. Okay. Two things came out of this. Um, for me. Okay. First one is. Is that the Jap. Well there's more than one. The Japanese, uh, Japanese are badasses. They just went after it. And they got it done. With a process. Now the negative for me. Is how the Japanese American Citizens League. Approached the NAACP for support, right? Because black people were enslaved for 250 years. The NAACP declined to support them. And boy, that really offended me. I, I contacted them. I've, I've asked for the National Executive Committee, somebody on the committee to get back with me and tell me why they should still exist as an organization. I'm yet to hear back from them because I, I don't even know if they knew that that's what the NAACP did back in the 80s, that they declined. I don't even know if they knew, but they haven't gotten back with me. I want them to be, I really want those people to go away. They're just ineffective. Number four. <laughs> and what I want you guys to do is go listen to these episodes. I'm just overviewing. I don't want to give you blow by blow stuff, right? Now, really, okay. I'm going to keep this in line because I did a redo episode. That's my last one. 20, 22 or 21 was a redo. I didn't think I did a good job on, on number on number uh, three on this one because I was new in the podcasting business and uh, I didn't think I gave it the emotional, um, put some emotion in there. I'm, I'm half human, so I can show some emotion, but I've gotten this far in life by not listening to my own white noise, right? Take that white noise out your head, all those voices, and think more clearly. You know, I'm always focused on thinking clearly so I can make better decisions and not screw it up. So episode number four. <laughs> oh, boy. This is the one when I talk about don't call black, don't call people dash Americans and how horrible that is to call people dash Americans, African dash Americans. Not even not, We're not from Africa. We're from America. We're not from Africa, okay? It's a misnomer to call people African-Americans unless they come from Africa. Elon Musk, you can call him that because he's from Africa, right? Please stop calling U.S. citizens Dash Americans. White people, do you call yourself Dash, uh, Dash Russian? American Dash, Russian Dash American? Or do you call yourself uh, Italian-Americans Italian would do that from New York, New Jersey. I'm Italian-American. <laughs> but other than that, white people don't call themselves Dash Americans. I've never heard of anyone from uh, 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 Ireland call themselves an Irish American. Ever, never, ever. You stop calling people that. I know you fell into that, that ditch without realizing it. I can tell you, I tell you why it happened on the podcast. Go listen to it. <laughs> black people, too. You stop calling yourself Dash American black people. You stop doing that. You're mindlessly doing that, mindlessly calling yourself a dash American, separating yourself from the other Americans. You stop doing that. I hope you're mad at me. Now you can think about it. Get mad. Getting mad opens up. Getting mad lowers the voices in one's own head. Now you're starting to think about other stuff. <laughs> Episode number five is how to make America great. Oh, my goodness. What comes out of this, uh, I, you know, all of these episodes are, are think tanky. I might not do a three-month deal, 
But none of these are just opinionated. This is research, fact-based stuff, listeners. On number five, how to make America great. The biggest thing that came out of that was the aggrieved white males problem in this country. And this episode preceded Charlottesville with the Jews shall not replace us nonsense. The insert the traitorous insurrection in January 2021. And just as bad is the Republican response to it, to it all. Their support for insurrection and the Charlottesville nonsense. They have supported it. Guess what? Politicians represent people. And these people were voted in. So they represent their districts. As far as I'm concerned, if I ever talk to anyone, and I, and I do this all the time with people, because, you know, I, I have a bigger voice than people. I went from a stutterer and I'm fluent. <laughs> so if you get into a discussion with me, you better make sure you have your T's crossed and your I's dotted because I'm going to eat you alive if you take me down a grandstander road. You want to be a grandstander, you're going to lose. I'm going to let you have your voice. I'm going to listen to you. Then I'm going to point out, point out three or four different reasons why you're wrong. Show you where the evidence is to support it. Give you a hug and go on to other things. You know, no grandstanding. All right. So the aggrieved white male in America problem is a big one. Huge. To the point where the FBI identified that as an issue back in 1994. Right. It just doesn't rise up to people. They don't hear it. But go look on Google for FBI table 43. It gets put out. It's two years, always two years behind with the data. So right now you have 2019 there. Go look at who does what in this country. Who's, you know, what groups, you know, are t tend to be the biggest offender of murder or this or, you know, uh, <laughs> who's the biggest gamblers in the, in the country. We live in a country where there's a lot of folklore and myths. We don't have history. History is not being taught. Okay. So if we can fix the biggest problem in this country, which is the aggrieved white male issue, we'll lower the noise that's out there. 90 million males in this country. 90 million. And a big portion of them are upset about something. <laughs> it shouldn't be, but it is. It's a thing, right? It is a thing. Episode number six, the locust plague. Oh, I had fun with that one. That's about me sourcing my, uh, my protein sources for my Duck Feed USA business. And I started off thinking, well, yeah, locust plague. You know, the, the, the work I did, the conclusion is eat them. Eat them and create an, econ an economy around them. You know, in Africa where they start off and across the, the Mediterranean and Europe, um, it, they need to eat them. Listen to that podcast. It's fun. I talk about this African billionaire <laughs> from Kenya. Oh, my goodness. All right. So episode number seven was just really a Thanksgiving 2020 message. You know, I run everyonehelpone.org, a think, um, think tank, a, non, a local nonprofit, um, Power One 360. You know, we're not a money taker. We're more, we're, we're volunteer. We're all about volunteerism. You know, and I have some missions. Everyone help one.org. People were very, were suffering at a high level this past Thanksgiving 2020 because of COVID and job loss. The economy shrank. And it's just, there was um, the last guy in office and president just didn't do anything for anybody, right? Just said it didn't exist. Just, it doesn't exist. That was his whole shtick. Yeah, you're saying enough, they'll start believing it. Well, at least the idiots. So 2020 Thanksgiving was a tough one. It was. It was a tough one. And I just ask people to, to give if you can. Step it up. Okay. Episode number eight was about, you know, staying coronavirus free over the holidays. You know, um, people were getting ready to go out there and go traveling. Right. And they had to see grand, to kill grandma. Just had to do it. Had to kill grandma, right? And let's go see grandma and kill her. <laughs> oh, boy. Um, I, I've spent a lot of my years since 18 as, you know, in emergency and disaster preparedness and response, you know, training and volunteerism. And, you know, I know the holiday seasons 
during Spanish flu, 1918, 1917. Same thing happened then. People wanted to go see their grandma and kill her, right? Kill grandpa. Holidays, put all these humans together, okay? So it, it always, it's going to happen July 4th, 2021, where we are now. Where we are now, many people have been inoculated, but so many haven't. I think we're at 50% in the country. Everybody that's dying right now, mostly are people who have not been that, uh, inoculated and vaccinated. Those are the ones that are dying from the deviant COVID strains. And there's going to be a big, a big push up based on July 4th and all the nonsense people think they have to do. It just can't wait. Okay, so there it is. Episode number nine is a little about me. And like I said earlier, you know, excuse me while I stutter. <laughs> and it was just talking about Joe Biden, President Joe Biden, and how he's a stutterer, a stammerer. I'm a stammerer. I, mean, I have a hitch. Um, and, you know, you work your way to fluency. I did it very early. And I talk about the process, you know, excuse me while I stutter. And it's just some advice and it's some encouragement for those in your life who, you know, uh, working, you know, on their fluency. And that's episode number nine. Check it out. <laughs> number 10, working people need more. Yes. <laughs> Folks, America is devol America is devolving into something else. Okay. I dare say it's devolving into what it has always been. And now the, the gloss. Here's my thought. The gloss, the mythological and, you know, folklorian gloss of what America was supposed to be has been, it's coming off. The sheen, the sheen is coming off. That glossy nonsense of what America was supposed to be is, is just wearing off. Uh, the people today didn't keep it up. It didn't maintain that glossiness and that sheen S-H-E-E-N is coming off. And what America really truly is, is emerging. It, it is. That's what's going on. And what we are seeing and what the world is seeing is working people don't get enough yes. Companies have been allowed to devolve into just money pits for the founders and especially public companies, too. Money pits for the management team, right? And the stock market is not, I mean, I don't, you know, you, you, you can't do, I'm a trader. I'm a, I'm a trader, you know, and I traded in three in the morning on the London exchange and all this other stuff. I stopped trading. You know, I just, I make enough money in my companies. I, I got tired of the 50-50 stuff. You know, you go left or to the right. How good are you at your forecasting to, to go one way or the other? It just became ridiculous because it's not based on research and science anymore. It's just put your finger in the air and see what the, where the wind's blowing. That's not forecasting. That's, that's gut reactions. So I, I stopped doing it. Um, so listen to that. Listen to working people need more. Yes. Okay. Episode number 11 was just my first pop top snippets episode about pop topics, you know, but at a higher level. As what came out of that was what was fun was how the NBA, NFL and Major League Baseball players and soccer, all the professional leagues, WNBA, they all need a grievance, a private grievance process for people, um, for athletes who feel as though they can't stay where they are anymore. need to move on from the team for whatever reasons. Right. And right now it's aired publicly and people and fans, oh, I hate them. I want to burn their t-shirt. In nonsense. All it does is give the grandstanders an opportunity to do their thing. Grandstand, right? And it needs to be a private process. I think it salvages the, um, the public persona of the team, the player, and everybody else. You know, it maintains your your public persona, and it's private. It's a, it's a hiring, it's an employment issue. If I were an attorney representing one of these people, I would turn it into an employment, an employment issue and take it to the federal government and say, you know what, you need to make this stuff private. And they'll go, yeah, you're right. <laughs> I'd force them to do it. 
That's my left brain. You know, that's how I think. You know, don't wait for people to do what you can do yourself. So that was the first one. And then the other thing that came out of it was the the quarterback from the Houston, Texas, Deshaun Watson, and his uh, desire to leave the team based on him saying that they didn't appreciate people and they were a toxic organization. What he really was doing was, and I, pro- I prophesized this, I'm Cassandra from the Greek tragedies, is that, no, he was trying to be preemptive and get out ahead of the stink that was coming, that was going to come out later with all the women and stuff. He was trying to beat the, beat the stink and beat the sheriff. And the sheriff came to town and he stuck. <laughs> he stuck. So listen to episode 11. That was fun. Um, episode number 12, play on fears to win in America. Yeah. <laughs> we're, we're seeing that right now. This is July 5th, 6th. Right. We're seeing that right now. Play on fears to win in America with the GOP. Folks, I'm an independent. I vote Democrat because that's where my my virtues and values lie. But I'm an independent because I don't need to hear from either party in in between elections. I don't want to hear from you. I make up my own mind. I don't need any anybody's influence. So but I, I do vote Democrat. I laugh at Republicans because. They're devolving. Their nonsense just keeps getting worse. Every president, every proceed, every succeeding president is worse than the one before them. And let me give you some advice that I'm going to talk about down down further. Every uh, uh, Republican president since FDR has experienced a recession in each of their terms. If they got two terms, they had two recessions. They had one in the first term, one in the second term. All you have to do is ask Google, has FDR, has every Republican president since FDR had a recession in their first term? And Google will tell you yes and give you facts. It's a fact. I talk about how to not get screwed and how to make money off of that down further in episode number whatever. We'll get to it. Here's the summary for this. The GOP and their nonsense always, I have, under, I have always underlined three times, it always backfires on, backfires on them. Look for it. I look for it. The upcoming uh, midterms in 2024, it's going to be nonsense. It's going to backfire on them. Here's what I'm saying. Um, the voting rights nonsense that they're doing all over the country at the state's level, it affects everyone, not just the people that they think it affects. Um, they act like it's 1965 and black folks don't have ID. <laughs> black people have ID. You know, you can keep thinking that, but black people have ID. The ones that want to have it to vote and do stuff in life, they have ID. So you're not affecting black people. What you are affecting, GOPers that are listening, is that when you say that it affects, you know, like uh, the biggest group of people in the country are white people, right? Let's just break it down. Ethnic, you know. Ethnically, ethnically, the biggest group are white people, Caucasians, right? And any group, anything that is uh, uh, to the better, to the worse, or indifferent, it affects the largest group. Okay, so the people that say, "Oh, there's few of us that affect it," you're just using you're just using your grandstanding. You're using percentages to try to make a point, but no, you can't do that. It fails when you do the math. <laughs> okay. Remember who you're talking to here. 8%. Let's just use 8% of 100 million people. is 8 million people. 8% of 37 million black people is not <laughs> 8 million people. Right? It's 3 point something million. And Latinas are... We don't know how many Latinas there are actually and how many aliens there are because... You know, right? So they're guessing 50 million Latinas. Okay? 8% of 50 million is not 8 million people. So any group, the largest group, which is white people, will always be affected more so than any other group. And that's to the negative, to the positive, or indifferently. You can't use percentages to make your point. <laughs> you can't. There's no other, there's no way to make a point about whites being affected, not affected, or indifferent. It, when you make these rules, right, these stupid voting rules, they're going to negatively affect more white people than any other group just based on simple math. 
Republicans. So you're making, you fail again. You are failing again. How many people in the line who can't get water are going to pass out? It's going to be more white people who pass out in the street from not being able to get a glass of water. <laughs> it's just going to be more. What are you doing? <laughs> it's just, so that's my point there, is that play on fears to win in America. Charlottesville, the insurrection, Obamacare, the Trump experiment, <laughs> and the GOP gen ginned up recessions are all examples of how they always fail in their attempts to curtail and limit people. It affects their group the most. So look for it. Play on the fears. Don't let them continue to do nonsense because it's going to benefit uh, the, the smaller groups more so than the largest group. Just watch and let them do it. That's my thing. <laughs> Episode number 13. We live in a yo, America is a yo-yo society. <laughs> That's what I say. Oh boy. America is a yo-yo society. That's what I say. You know, and, and ultimately, you know, I'm trying to get here so I can see exactly everything I said in my in, in my outline. But America is a you're on your own society and you have to build your own table. That's what it comes down to. You we are in a socialist society. We are. And we don't want to admit to it. But it's a tough way to make a living because in in this socialist society we live. It's at a pigs at the trough. It's pigs at the trough socialism. So you got to get in there and get your socialism. <laughs> you really do. And what I basically said was, was that you have to, it's best to be a small piglet and walk between the legs of the big pigs and eat the crumbs. You can get extremely fat and you don't have to fight as much to get to the trough. So have a listen to that. You know, how can you thrive in such an environment, right? Episode number 14, fun stuff. I talk a lot about the blue-collar millionaire stuff, right? Because that's the world that I'm dealing with mainly in my equipment company and my feed business now and, and all of that. And I talk about becoming a blue-collar millionaire, right? And build, again, building your own table. And I'm, I'm exposing folks to what I do now in my world and who I'm dealing with, Right? So I say leave corporate America behind and become a blue-collar millionaire. So listen to that one. Episode 15, I talk about mastering the art of disruptive activism, right? Why else are you doing it? Because, you know, I cut the TV on and watch news. I can barely do it. I have to look at news news. So I, I don't look at the opinion stuff because they kind of weave in news into the opinion and talk talky stuff. I don't want to hear all that. But when you sit down for a minute and listen to some of the people who are, you know, selling, you know, activists, they've been doing it a long time and they're all a long time activists. What? When are you going to finish? When do you do you know when you're finished? Could are you being disruptive to get to, you know, do you have a plan? Are you disrupting things to get there? What are you doing? It's almost like the NAACP, like I said earlier. I just consider them to be check collectors. All of these organizations that I'm familiar with. Because remember, I'm in the nonprofit world. And a lot of folks are just check collectors. You know, you look at what they're doing with the money. You're like, hmm. A low percentage of it is going actually to the cause. They're just getting checks. A lot of organizations are doing that. I mean, just disruptive activism. What? What is that? Ah. <sighs> Episode number 16 is I talk about how to make, <laughs> here we go, how to make a fortune based on who's the president of the United States. That's why I talk about how every Republican president for the last 104 years and longer has had a recession in their first term. And if they got a second term, they had another one. So I talk about that. I'm just going to leave it there. You need to go listen to that one. I'm not going to even give you any. I'm not even going to. I'm just going to stop there. You go listen to that. And if you I've been doing it since Reagan. OK. And if you want to learn how to keep from being disrupted, you'll listen at least. OK. <laughs> if you want to know how to make a fortune and uh, baby boomers and those right beneath it. If you really want to learn how to keep from getting screwed based on who's in office, Democrats build the economy, Republicans tear it down, 
All right. Listen to my podcast. You will learn. You will learn. Okay. You will. So podcast number episode number 17, another blue collar uh, based uh, episode where I talk about uh, um, becoming a blue collar professional auto headlight restoration business person and become a millionaire. Episode number 17, I, I, I tell you how to do it. I'm going to have to actually here in Houston Metro, Sugarland, where I am, what I have come up with is that I'm going to have to start up um, a marketplace and uh, where I get business with dealers and all these different types of folks, you know, that would buy the services and then resell it or, or buy it. You know, they don't want to go looking for folks because, you know, what it comes down to. I've been in business my entire life since I was able to get started and count money. <laughs> Basically. And what I've learned is I learned this young. I just had to be reminded that there's two words that go together that are required for what I'm selling to people. Self dash starter, self starters. I kind of forgot <laughs> about <laughs> so you know self starters. Twenty percent of the population. I'm an eighty twenty guy. You want to learn how I how I won my world with you know eighty um, twenty rule or the Pareto effect. P A R E T O. Go look it up. If you can learn how to do eighty twenty in your life, you will make way fewer mistakes in life and win more often. But episode number 17, become a blue collar professional auto headlight uh, restoration business owner. No one's doing it. And I'm going to have to start a marketplace, go out and get the business myself with people and then uh, create a marketplace for those that go get trained and learn how to do it where they can make 60% and I'll take 40%, but then they'll have jobs. They can just go do it and, you know, I'll, I'll handle the business and they can make 60% and they won't make the full 120 an hour minimum that they could make if they got their own business. But the self-starters don't need me. The people who are not 100% self-starters, they do. And that's 80% of people. 80% of the would-be self-starters need some help. <laughs> So I'm going to have to do, I'm going to have to do it locally and test it. So go listen to episode number um, uh, 17 and see if it works for you. Episode number 18 is another uh, self-starter deal. Become a licensed Texas small power generator and get paid. Now that you can plug in whatever state that you're in because they all have a process before power generation businesses. They're not all the same, right? But what this came off of was... My entirely different podcast episode called the text, the 2021 Texas Public Energy Initiative, where I tried to sign up a politician in Texas, a senator or a representative to sponsor a bill uh, where we could get laws, where we could get paid for working with uh, to putting power panels on our roof and all of that instead of getting credits, which is ridiculous. Right. Because they the power company gets those credits from you. They get the power from you and they sell it and make money. Why shouldn't I share in that? So I got tired of trying to do that. And I just said, I'm, I give up. I'll do it myself. This is how you do it. Um, you, you have to become licensed. A Texas small power generator, at least. That's the smallest level. That's the lowest level. You have to become licensed. Then you can connect all of your stuff to a meter. And on one side and on the other side is where the, the large power generator plugs in and they buy your power. That's how you make money. But you have to fill out a ton of paperwork to do it. That's what I'm going to do. I'm going to do it on my duplex development project and make make. I don't know where right now I'm calculating what that is. I want to build a, um, a grid to the level where I make about, you know, I make six figures a month. And I'll, I'll make that money on top of the way less rents, right? So listen to, eight, to episode 18 on how to do that. It's interesting. It is. It's not being done the way I'm going to be doing it. And then everybody will do it after that. Episode 19 talks about China and how the USA created the China beast. Us. And now you can't whine and try to turn China into an enemy, a mortal enemy. Nope. Yeah, I talk about how that happened and how I was part of that. And 
how my belief is based on just watching them that they are Earth's future super super superpower. They are, and it's going to come a lot faster than people realize. Next ten years, the next ten years, China is going to be in front of everybody. They already are. We just don't know it. We being Americans, I know it, but everybody else is not watching, not paying attention to China. They are forward thinkers, and we are not. Okay, and there, uh, America has too many voices. That's why America can't get anything done, right? America has too many voices. Social media, you know, too many voices. While China doesn't have as they have more people, but they have fewer voices making decisions. And look at what it's done for them. We put China in the position that they are in by giving them our technology to build stuff for us. And they gave it to the government because China is a you know, communist country, right? So giving it to companies, you gave it to China. Now they're using all of that intellectual property and look at what they've done in a short period of time, 20 years. I predicted it back in 1999. Okay, so listen to that podcast episode. Um, episode number 20 is fun. Is God a game developer? <laughs> I mean, you know, this episode also got people to understand who I am. You know, the secret Eric. Everybody has their secrets. What do you really believe? Well, what do you, what do you, you need to ask me some questions and you might get the answers of what you seek. I'm just not going to sit here and just blurb out my stuff, right? But because I'm a, a think tank guy now, you know, and I'm trying to solve problems and get people to think a lot more deeply than they have, this is one of them. Is God a game developer? Here's my summary. If you, Y-O-U, believe that you can truly pick your afterlife based on the religion in which you practice in your faith, right, and your virtues, and there's 7,400 religions on earth with 10,000 variations within that 7,400. Only one religion doesn't believe in an afterlife, and that's Buddhism. So that's nine, you know, 7,399 religions with 9,999 variations that believe in an afterlife. If you have picked one of those and you're not a Buddhist, then you're basically saying that God is a game developer <laughs> because that's the only place in life that we are where we are able to pick our our setting and go play it. Uh, you know, you pick your setting and you go play that. If you're picking, you know, if you're doing that, then you're basically saying God's a game developer. Go listen to the podcast episode to get more. <laughs> okay. Episode number 21 was a redo of my Japanese reparations podcast for number three, right? Where I didn't think I did a good job and it poisoned me. It was in me and I just couldn't get it out of my head that I didn't do a good job. I just didn't do a good job. And with all the things that have happened since October 20th, October 16th, 2020, I did a redo and I feel better. So this was a me thing for you, but the conclusion I have come to about the pathway, there's two different things. One is I have to take this on myself. You need to listen to what, I, what I'm talking about. I do. I have to do it. I have to follow through on the think tank analysis and do the think tank do part because I use some of my, I use a whole bunch of what I got in my, what I have in my head, did a serious analysis no politician can do this. No way. So who does that leave? It leaves the citizen, me, and those that would help me. That's it. So if I'm going to, if it, if what I propose to get done is going to get done, I have to do it. That's number one. Number two is like with uh, the Japanese redress pathway. Yeah, they went and got legislation to get, their job was, was to get recognition for what had happened. That's what the Japanese were doing. They have they, they weren't slaves, okay, for 250 years. My descendants were slaves, okay? My people got here late on, on one side of the fence. 
On the other side, we were here a long time and walked with the, you know, with the Indians on the Oklahoma Trail of Tears and all of that. So I have that in me as well as East Texas Native American, you know, the Alabama Kashana. So on one side, I have deep Native American in me, deep, and we know it. And on the other side, we barely were here before slavery was over <laughs> and took off running, you know. But at any rate, that's the deal here is that I did it. And what comes out of it is damn legislation. Damn that. I talk about it. Sue, sue, sue. The biggest part is, is doing, a, doing it on a local level, you know, going after, going after, going after and using quorum nobis, the quorum nobis writ of error legal maneuver to undo nonsense and then stick it to them. Go listen to that. <laughs> Number 22 is talking about creating your own guild and that the power of the we for the average person. There's more power in the we than there is the me for the average person in this country. And using that in different ways, using it in ways that haven't been used before to get things done, right? Because remember, it's all about disruption. You don't get anything in life done following the dang rules the way they were written. You just don't. Because look, you can just you can say what you want. I believe in enforcement, but disruptive enforcement nonetheless, right? Okay, because humans never they never react properly. There's always an underreaction or an overreaction. Never proper. So you need disruption to get the underreactors to get them going. Stick a prod in them, right? Stick that prod right up them. And all of a sudden they're listening. <laughs> oh boy. So yeah, when you think about disruption in your mind, just think about a cattle prod up the butt. And yeah, there you go. I bet you're running now getting it done. Under reactor. There it is. Episode number 23. We're almost done here. <laughs> like I said, it was going to take two listens to finish this bad boy up because it's 24 episodes. I mean, you know, two minutes each. That's 40 something minutes. I'm, that's what I'm doing. About two minutes each. 20, episode 23 was fun for me because I got a chance to talk about Star Wars. Right? <laughs> Learn to play both sides and win more often. And I talk about the, the, the double dealer. Now, the thing about this one, this is fun. Because if you don't know how Star Wars was, it's all about, I lay it out very quickly. Star Wars came out when I was 15, going into 16, like in a week, because it came out in December, and my birthday is in December, December 10th. So I talk about that. And I talk about what it was really about and how you can use the story of Star Wars and others, other movies to play both sides to win in life. And I talk about how <laughs> learning the art and win more often and how mothers, how the mother with, more, with two kids or more is actually the everyday double dealer. <laughs> so listen to that podcast episode. It's fun. Um Episode number 24, and then this is the last one, and then we'll be, we'll be done. This is interesting. Um, I talk about building your own table and ignoring the toxic moral grandstanders that are online and in life. That came off of me um, joining a Facebook page from my hometown where I'm doing, you know, real estate development and the small power generation plant concept and, you know, all that stuff, going back home and throwing around my influence, quote unquote. And what I dealt with when I joined this for the first time, an everyday Facebook page with people telling you to shut up. And then I did some stuff on LinkedIn, too, for the first time and people telling you to shut up. And how I looked at him and was like, huh, grandstanders, some toxic moral grandstanders. Wow. So I talk about it. They're everywhere. And I talk about how they can't affect you if you're not. In their space, choose carefully where you play, right? And ignore the negatives. Always learn how to disarm people, you know, and if you care enough. But I talk about that in episode 24. I wasn't aware. I was naive because I had never joined this stuff. And I heard about it, seen it, but I'd never been part of it. It is interesting how you have the, to the toxic 
moral grandstander. You know, and they're everywhere. So take a listen. That pretty much wraps it up here for 20, the first 24 episodes, folks. I have had way more fun than one person should be having. <laughs> I've always thought in life that I'm just a very fortunate person to have less noise in my head than most people. That's what I've learned in 59 years. I have less noise than most people in my head. Um, and it has helped me to do interesting things and have interesting people in my life. And um, Creative Brother has come out of that. I've enjoyed myself and moved my life forward. I hope that at least 20% of you that have listened, because again, I'm an 80-20 person. I understand that only about 210 people are going to, you know, make a move on anything in life out of a group, out of that herd. And then the other eight will follow later. Right. Oh, wait a minute. What's that light over there? Look over there. And they walk right by it every day. Why you were building the light stand? Then they looked at it like, what are they doing? Never asked. Never just stopped and said, what are you doing? Huh? Can I help? Can I? Yeah, yeah. Are you hiring? People, you can hide stuff in plain view in life. That's where the people who hide stuff hide it in plain view. Because they know that eight out of ten people are not even going to stop and even, you know, ask you what you're doing. They're just going to look. They're not going to. They're going to look from the outside in. What I want to leave you with today, listeners, is that stop and take a knock on the glass. Poke the bear. Just be be prepared to run if the bear wakes up. (laughs) But poke the bear. Poke it. Don't walk by the bear and look at it sleep on the side of the sidewalk. Look at the bear every day. What, what? It might even not be a bear. It could be a fire. You know, it could be some sort of bear. Look, life is way more interesting when you poke bears. It really is. Just be, be prepared for the outcome of <laughs> poking the bear. Poke the bear, people. That's what I'm selling. Poke the bear. Okay? Don't just be... Look at things from the outside looking in. Walk into the room. Have a look. They'll let you back out. <laughs> you don't have to just look. Yeah, go inside and see what's going on. That's what I'm asking you to do. I'm having too much fun. People need to have more fun too with me. And um, I hope that you've enjoyed this. But again, I know as the creative brother that only two out of, eight, two out of ten of you have paid attention to what I'm saying. That's enough of us. It really is enough. Thank you for listening. I hope you've gotten something out of it. There's more to do. Please come and have a visit. Have a great day. We'll talk again.